Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Tonight's going to be a standalone message, and there's a number of things that I felt like God was uh, speaking to my spirit that I wrote down, and I pray that it's a blessing to you. We're going to be taking a look at James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. Who has their Bible? Come on, lift up your Bible if you've got it. Anybody's Bible is glowing, you got your phone, whatever you got. If you don't have your Bible, you can check it out on the screen right here. And before we stand in honor of reading God's word, uh, let me talk about this book real quick. We're going to be taking a look at James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. Somebody say James. Come on, say James. Now, James, who's responsible for writing this, did you know that James, the book of James is actually considered the oldest book in the New Testament, the first written book? Uh, James is known as the brother of Jesus. And it's very interesting when you study this. G- James is the brother of Jesus. And did you know that James didn't believe in the divinity of Jesus, that Jesus was God in the flesh, God incarnate, until he saw Jesus' resurrected body? He didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was until he saw his resurrected body because apparently whenever you see your brother publicly executed and killed through crucifixion and then a few days later walking, talking, and breathing just like he said he was, it will change your mind, right? In fact, historians actually believe that James would eventually be executed and killed. He'd be a martyr because of his faith in Jesus. Who knows if even the brother of Jesus, James, believed that Jesus was the son of God, then surely Jesus was who he said he is, right? Because how hard would it be for you to convince your brother or sister that you are God, right? The son of God, God in the flesh. It'd be really hard because they see all your imperfections, but Jesus was without sin. Jesus was different. And now James is contributing to the scripture. He's writing this letter, and he's, an actual, he's actually an early church leader in Jerusalem, and he's writing to a group of Christians. I just felt like we need to, I think it's just cool for us to understand that as we read scripture. Sometimes we just jump right into scripture. We don't understand what took place in order for this to happen. So now we find this early church leader, the brother of Jesus, writing this. And get this, it says this. Can you stand to your feet this Wednesday evening? As we get ready to read it, James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, it says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Somebody say, my greatest enemy. Come on, say, my greatest enemy is my enemy. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Whenever I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, it sounds to me like James, James is talking to cavemen, right? Sounds like he's talking to like Vikings, like barbarians, like psychopaths, maniacs, but he's actually talking to Christians, He's saying, in other words, you have so much hatred and jealousy and envy in your hearts with one another. It's causing there to be division. It's causing you to be at odds with one another. Like, don't be like that. And isn't it crazy how here we are thousands of years later and Satan's strategy and schemes still haven't changed? Because you need to realize, let me tell you, the devil isn't that creative. Like, God's creative, like, God's infinite, but, but the devil's finite. G- God's limitless, but, but the devil, he is limited. 
And since the inception of the church, the devil has been trying to bring division and strife to the church. Where we, where we would be fighting against the very people that God has called us to be fighting for. And I love it because the Bible continually reminds us, it mentions it in scripture, how we do not battle or fight or wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm preaching already. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, pick the right fight. Come on, tell your neighbor, pick the right fight. You're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. Oh, man. Let's keep on reading. It says, yet you don't have, listen to this, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. In other words, you have not because you ask not, right? And even, get this, because people don't, they just say that, right? Oh, you have not because you ask not. But it continues reading on. It says this, and even when you ask You don't get it because your motives, somebody say motives, are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. The title for tonight's message is this, The Art of Asking. The Art of Asking. Tonight's going to be very practical, very straightforward. And I pray I'm able to deliver it with clarity and wisdom and just the conviction that God put it on my heart. Because I believe that this message has the capability to change your situation right now. I believe that this message has the ability, the word of God, because I don't want to just share my opinion. I want to preach from scripture tonight. I believe that this word has the message to change the trajectory of your life. Because some of you are fighting and struggling and going through so many different things and we all have different needs and we forget how good our Heavenly Father is. See, if the blood of Jesus is sufficient for your salvation, let me remind you that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to sustain you through life. There's an art to asking and communicating and praying and talking to God, right? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us into this building. I feel your spirit already, God. We pray that you would just encourage people. We pray that you would just build us up. Edify the church, God. Edify this this building of believers, God. Speak to us today. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe that, can you say amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's get to work this Wednesday evening. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Uh, by show of hands, um, how many people in here grew up in church? Come on, by show of hands, who grew up in church? Where are my, where are my church kids at, okay? Like, I'm talking about, you can put your hands down. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about, like, you went to Sunday school. You went to youth group. You went to Wednesday night church. You went to men's events, women's events, small groups. If there was a work day, guess what? Your parents took you to that work day. It felt like Every day or every other day, you were just at church. I just want to see 
who I can relate to a little bit. Like, I just grew up, and I'm thankful. Anybody thankful that you grew up in church? I, I've learned so much from, from being in church and listening to the pastors and preachers. I'm thankful for the voices that have invested in me. I'm so thankful for a safe place to be able to have the right and liberty and freedom that we have in this country to be able to come to God's house because we can't take it for granted, y'all. I'm so thankful that I grew up in church. Anybody thankful you grew up in church or now your children are going up in church, right? And growing up in church for me meant that my closest friends would also be at church. Some of my best friends. I have so many awesome, funny, sometimes stupid and dumb memories with friends at church, you know. And growing up in church meant that my closest friends were at church. And that meant that, that at the end of every service, it felt like, especially during the breaks, I remember this, uh, especially during summertime or during different breaks, whether it was Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, spring break, uh, after church, me and my friends would always be scheming and plotting on how we can ask my parents to see if we can go to each other's houses to spend the night. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it was always the plan. Like, you're coming to my house. I'm going to your house. We're going to figure something out, right? We want to be able to hang out, whatever. And I learned that there were certain do's and don'ts whenever it came to asking my parents for permission. The first thing I learned is this, that I'm always going to go to my mom before I go to my dad. Because there was a much higher chance of my mom saying yes, you know what I'm talking about, than my dad saying yes, especially whenever I buttered up my mom. I would, look, I would go like, Mom, you're so beautiful. You're so amazing. I love you. Just imagine a little Caleb, right? Spiky hair. They called it the Great Wall of Caleb. I'm trying to hide those pictures, and I had big old eyes. I still have kind of big eyes, but imagine my eyes, same size, little body, okay? I got called bug eyes in elementary school. Let's just say that. Don't feel bad for me. It's okay. I made it all right. And I'll go to my mom, give her the eyes, and say, Mom, I love you so much. You're so amazing. And nowadays, if I do that to my mom, she's, she responds back by saying, Caleb, what do you want? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you ever kid, your kids ever do that? And it was so easy for my mom to say yes whenever we asked her. And before I knew it, we had a car full of friends of mine, and we're going to my house, and my dad's driving separately. He gets there. He's like, what in the world happened? You brought, like, the whole youth group here, and... Eventually, I got in trouble because my dad found out, you know, I'm, I'm going around him. I'm going to my mom. And eventually, what started happening was my, my mom started saying, son, ask your father, which I knew decreased the possibility of my friends coming over by a lot. So I'm just being honest. I love you, dad. <laughs> but that's when me and my friends, we pulled out the big guns. We got smart, right? There was like a strategy to ask my parents. I I would have my friend next to me and say, hey, man, just stand right beside me. I want you to be right. You ever done that? Stand right here. As I'm talking to my, stand right behind me. And if he says no, I want you to cry. I want you to look, I just want you to just look sad because you never know. That may change his mind. And if we really got desperate, if we really got desperate, we would tell the other parents, hey, uh, my parents said, you know, this is pretty bad, okay? We lied in church. Hey, they said that it's, it's cool for him to come and stay at my house, and my friend would then go and ask my dad for me, and I'd be off in the distance around the corner, say, hey, can I stay the night? And, you know, Pastor Bobby, you know, my dad would be like, no. And he's like, well, my parents already said yes. You know, I'm, all I'm trying to say, okay, now that I think about it, I was a manipulative child. I don't know. And it, and it got me, it got me in trouble at times, but more times than not, it worked. My parents know this anyways. But, but how many people know I went way more in depth. I meant to just make that just a little segment or part, but, man, I don't know. How many people know that there is an art to asking? I believe that there's an art to ask, asking, not just when it comes to asking your earthly parents for things, right? 
But I believe that there is also an art when it comes to asking your heavenly father for things. Can I just start off by saying tonight that God hears your prayers. God hears your pleas. God hears your requests. He hears your, your God is not deaf. Your God hears you. And not only does your God hear you, but God is still answering prayers today. In fact, I believe what makes prayer more exciting in our lives is whenever we begin to see God answer prayers. And I understand that praying isn't just about asking God for things because our God is not a genie, right? Uh, it's not just about asking God for things. But has God ever answered a specific prayer in your life before? Like God did something that only he can do. It was so specific. It was like the timing was, everything was great. Because you know your God is never too early. Your God is never too late. Your God is always just on time. And I can share with you right now story and story and experience after experience where, where God answered prayers in my life. Let me share a couple with you real quick. There was a time in high school whenever I signed up for the work program. And it was my junior, it was coming up to my junior year. And that meant that I would need a job by the time that junior year started. And I was looking for a job. I was going around town. I was trying to find a job where I could have hours to where I could still serve and participate in church. But it, I didn't have any success. And I won't forget, it was summertime. School was about to start. I didn't have a job yet. I signed up for the work program. And I told my dad, remember this, dad? We're on vacation. We're in the car. I said, dad, I, I need a job. But I, I, I can't find a job right now. And he said, he asked me this. He said, Son, have you asked God yet? Have you prayed about it yet? And I, to be honest, I was like, no, I really, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to, you want to tell your parents yes, but you know it's not the truth. You're like, no, I haven't. So would you believe my dad grabbed my hand right there? Like, well, let's pray right now. And we asked right there in that moment. We said, God, we just agree right now for just wisdom, for direction, for the right job, with the right hours, God. Just make a, we ask you right now. And would you believe the next day while we're on vacation, I get a phone call from a random number. I don't usually answer. I answered the phone call. And whenever I answered the phone call, they were like, hey, this is so-and-so elementary school. We, we saw your records, and we saw that you signed up for the work program. We don't normally do this, but we thought you'd be a great candidate for this job. They told me the hours. They told me everything, and it was perfect, exactly what my dad and me prayed about the previous day, and they hired me right there on the spot. Let me tell you another instance where God answered a prayer or something in my life. There was a time years ago whenever I didn't really have much clothes for church. And I would re-wear my clothes many times. Same shoes, same pants, a handful of different shirts. I, I was limited and I just felt like, you know, I just really wanted to look nicer for church and get, get better clothes for church. And one day I went to Dillard's after a Sunday service and I'm walking around the Dillard, you know, the clothing men's area, and I'm looking at different shirts and pants, and even, even though it was a sale, I looked at the price. Did you ever just, like, go to the store? You know you don't got no money, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know why I'm going here. I'm just, I'm, like, window shopping, and I'm looking at this. Man, I can't afford this. And I kid you not, I'm walking. I'm walking out of Dillard's. I'm about to walk through the exit door, and I get a phone call from a couple at church, and I hear them, and they're at a restaurant. And they're like, hey, Caleb, um, you know, we're, we're out to eat right now at this place right now. And it's on the other side of town. They had no idea about my situation or anything. 
And they said, um, God put it on our heart to take you to the mall, to take you to Dillard's, because we heard that, and here's the thing about it, I was walking out, and as I was walking out, I was thinking in my mind, man, God, it would be so awesome just to have some clothes, just for me to, you know, g- be able to come to church and have, you know, different outfits, and, and I get this phone call, right, and they're just like, hey, we, th- we want to bless you, we want to take you to Dillard's, can you come to the mall, I'm like, I'm already at the mall right now, come on, let's do it. In other words, God answered that prayer. He answered the prayer. And here's the thing. Some people, okay, I'm just going to say this. Some people say, oh, things like that, that's just a coincidence. Oh, that's just, look, I will not let the devil, I will not let this world steal my praise, my, my praise that I'm going to give to God by just saying that's, look, no, I believe in the scripture where it says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. I'm going to give God praise. I believe that God answered that prayer. Let me tell you something on a more of a serious note. I played football, right? (laughs) Some people that really know me, like, you played football, really? Don't let my size fool you, okay? But I played football, and I wasn't too good at it, but I played football. (laughs) And one year at practice, for months, I began to feel severe chest pain in my heart. It felt like something was literally stabbing my heart and every beat hurt in my chest and eventually my parents took me you remember this mom and dad my parents took me to the doctor and they began to do scans and x-rays and do different things and tested me and they discovered and they diagnosed me with a heart condition because one of my valves and I forget the name it was so complicated and long right there's certain names that are just so long but one of my valves that were pumping to my heart wasn't pumping correctly and they said you're going to have to get some surgery because as you grow up, this can get really bad. And they said, come back in a couple weeks. We're going to run some more tests before we, you know, give you surgery and everything. And, but I thank God that I have some praying parents. Because they came together in agreement. And they laid their hands on my chest at night. And they would say, in Jesus' name, we declare and we ask you to heal our son. We ask, oh. We ask you just to heal our son, because by your stripes, Jesus, we believe that he is healed. We know we got this report right now, but God, we just pray for healing over his body. We go back to the doctor. We go back to the doctor, and they do the sonogram. They put the stuff, all that nasty cold stuff on my chest, and they begin to go through it. And there's like, and the doctor's going and going, and to their amazement, they're just like, we don't know what happened. But I'm like, I know what happened. They said, your heart's perfectly fine. We can't find no issues. You won't need surgery anymore. Oh, come on, somebody. God answered the prayer, I believe, because some parents had enough faith. They had the audacity to believe that our God still answers prayers today. Can I just tell you something? God hears your prayers, and God is still answering prayers today. Think about it. God cared about my career. It wasn't really a career. It was just a one-time job during a certain year. But God cares about your career. He cares about the clothes on your back. And he cares about the condition of your body. He cares about the state of your soul. You know what? I love what Matthew chapter 7 verse 11 says. Check this out. Matthew chapter 7. I believe it's Matthew chapter 7 verse 11. Y'all got it on the screen, y'all? Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good. He's talking to us. Say, that's me. 
that's me, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who what? Ask him. Oh, I came to tell you today that your God, your heavenly Father, loves giving gifts to his children. And he knows what you need before you even ask it. And I believe that it's very possible that there are resources, blessings, opportunities that God has in the palm of, you, of your hand. Turn to the person next to you and say, he has what I need. God has, I believe that there are things that he is waiting to bless you with. But the only reason it's not in your possession right now is simply because you haven't asked. I believe it. Think about this. Think about the parable of the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son, right? Many of us, we focus on the prodigal son, right? He asks his father for his inheritance early on. He, he goes out and he, he lives a sinful life. He squanders and spends all his money on sinful living, right? He finds himself with the pigs, eating the same slop, eating from the trough that the pigs were eating from. And he thinks to himself, he comes to his senses, oh my goodness, my father's servants have it better than me. Maybe if I go back to my father, uh, I know he probably won't accept me as a son, but maybe he'll accept me as a, as a servant. So he goes back to his father, and Jesus is telling this story, and the father embraces him with open arms. Who's thankful that God has embraced us with open arms, even though we were dirty, even though we were sinful? And he welcomed the prodigal son, and they have a party. They have a celebration. They kill the fattened calf, it says. And they're just out there, like, oomps, oomps. yeah, just like, okay, I'm not gonna do that again. They're just, they're just jamming. I can imagine them dancing. They're just having a good time at the party. Meanwhile, the prodigal son's older brother, he's out in the field, and it says that he was angry. I'm gonna paraphrase this, but he was angry. Can you imagine just how angry he was? Because this is the older son who was faithful to his father. He was good. To, he didn't go out. He didn't ask for his inheritance because. Like, asking your father for your inheritance early would be like saying, you're as good as dead to me. Give me my stuff, I'm going to get out of here. And the father leaves the party, comes to him, and he says, son, what are you doing out here? What's going on? And the son's like, you know, dad, I've been so good to you. I've been the good son. I've been the good kid. I've served you. I've done all these things for you, but we never had a party like this. We never had a celebration. We never even slaughtered a goat. Right? That's what he says. I was trying to think of something in our world's terms that would, like, you know, like a fattened calf versus go, but I can't think of anything right now. You know what I mean? But he's like, you know what? Like, he's having just, like, you took him to Yamato, but you're just taking me to McDonald's every day. <laughs> it just came to me. You're doing all these things for him, but I've been good to you. And the father responds, I love it. He says, son, don't you know, I've always been with you. And what you, ha what I have is yours as well. It's a, in other words, you could have had a party like this a long time ago. You could have, we, could have, we could have done all these different things, but you never asked. Like James chapter 4 tells us, man, sometimes we have not because we asked not. I just came to tell you today, there's some things you will not get unless you have the faith and audacity to ask and believe God for it. Oh, come on, somebody. Hmm. But the problem is, I believe, for some of us, 
is that we've given up on asking God for things or praying to God, talking to God for things. Because maybe you prayed a prayer in the past and you don't feel like God came through the way that he, you thought he was going to come through. You, you felt like it was an unanswered prayer. And due to your disappointment, you're saying to yourself, what's the point of praying? I, I, I can't talk to God no more. But can I encourage you with this? That some of God's greatest answers in life are unanswered prayers. I'm going to say that one more time. Some of God's greatest answers in life are unanswered prayers. I understand we have different stories, testimonies, situations with loved ones and different things. But even though, I remember this, whenever my mammal, she got diagnosed with cancer. Terminal, it was, it was, it was like, um, it was terminal liver cancer. And it was really bad, stage four. And she was just dying. And we just saw her just go through the pain and everything. And I won't forget, she asked me to baptize her the last year of her life. And I have pictures of me baptized. It was one of the greatest honors of my life. Never would I think I would be baptizing my grandmother who had cancer. And there's sometimes we go through things in life, and it brings us to our knees, and it brings us to Jesus. And I'm telling you, God can work all things together for good. But I believe that God would heal my grandmother, I said, God, we just pray over her. I had enough faith. I was like, God, even while I'm baptizing her, I pray that you would just heal her right now. And whether I want to admit to it or not, I believe that God did answer the prayer. Maybe not the way that I would like him to answer it, but right now she is healed in heaven. She has it so much better than me right now. She has it so much better than you right now. But sometimes there's prayers, I believe, that we pray that are just downright selfish I believe that there's prayers that we pray sometimes that are just downright self-centered. Let me prove it to you. Just for example, maybe years ago you were just infatuated with the, with the guy. You were, you were just infatuated with this, with this person. And you were just saying, God, make him my boo thing. Make him mine. I, I just want to marry him. I want a white picket fence. I, wanna, I want a house. I want the dog. I want every, I want to grow old with him. But then your friends are shaking you. It's like, what are you doing? Don't you see, like, their character, their integrity, how they talk to their parents? And here you are. God, I just want them. God, I just. And we're praying. Sometimes that's how we do, right? We're so stubborn. And then that person leaves our life. They break up with us. They break our heart. We're devastated. We're saying, God, why? This isn't what I asked for. Why are you doing this to me? And then you grow up years later, and you're on, if this ever happened, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on social media, and all of a sudden, they come up, you stumble upon their page, you see their posts, you see their pictures, you see what they're saying, and you look at their life, and you're saying, thank you, Jesus, for not answering that prayer, right? And then when you think back, you're like, man, there was toxic aspects of that relationship I didn't notice at that time, because I was just so blind and full of, not love, I believe that full of lust at times, right? I was just so blinded by, by, this, by this thing. I was so infatuated. And I thank you, God, that you didn't answer that prayer the way that I wanted you to answer. Why? Because you were protecting me. Can I tell you something? You serve a good heavenly father that knows exactly what is best for you. If you took your child to the store and you said, whatever thing, whatever you want in the store, like I'm going to, right, like, or you go to the toy section, right? Whatever toy, you ever done this? Like, I'm going to give you whatever toy that you want. Just grab it. But what if they, that your 
kid, just hypothetically speaking, just ran out of the toy aisle. They ran out of the toy aisle, ran out of like, you know, whatever, and they went to the tool section. And they're just like, and they go right there to that chainsaw. They saw dad using it, like, man, I want my own chainsaw, right? They're younger, right? And they grab it. And they say, Mom, Dad, this is what I want right here, right? What good parent would be like, if you want it, you got it. Come on, let's go, right? And take that chainsaw and give it. Like, that would be so irresponsible, right? A good parent would be like, no, 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 you're, that's not, you're not big enough. But how many times are we like that chip, the, the kid with the chainsaw? Just like, God, I want that. God, I need that. God, I can't live without that person. Oh, God, please give it to me. Give me that, that, that business that you've put on my heart to start. And God's like, if I gave this to you right now at this moment, the pressure and responsibility would crush you right now. Oh, God, give me that person. And, it's t- and it, I don't know. I, of course, you have to do some work. Faith without works is dead, right? But anyways, it's like, God, give me this person. Bring that person into my life. And God's like, no, you, you have some things that you need to develop in your, in your character and integrity over time. Because I, I'm telling you, I know what's. Can we do something real quick collectively? Can we just go ahead and give God praise for every unanswered, what seemed like an unanswered prayer in your life? Because I'm telling you, there's some prayers I look back over my life. I'm like, God, thank you for closing that door. Thank you for saying no, because every time that God said no, he had something better in return. Oh, man, come on, somebody. Ah, There's some things that God doesn't give us in order to protect us. We're talking about the art of asking. What I want to do tonight is this. I want to give you three things when it comes to the art of asking and talking to God. Three things that I've learned in my life and that have been a blessing to me. I believe that these are going to be keys that are going to change your perspective whenever it comes to asking and talking to God. I believe that these things are going to begin to unleash things in your life. I, I just sincerely believe that as I was writing these things down. The first point is this. You ready? When we ask the art of asking, we need to ask in alignment. Ask in Let me explain what I mean, right? Because I write certain things, you know, and I just want to unpack it for you guys just for you to be like, what does that mean? Okay, so look, whenever we ask God for things, I I believe, just like the scripture says in James chapter 4, that we can't ask God out of the wrong ambition or the wrong motivation. That when we ask God for things, it should be in line with his desires and will and plan and mandate over our life. Think about this, like in James chapter 4, the reason that God wasn't at giving the, that the, the group of Christians the things that they were asking for is because they were asking God to give them things just to please their flesh and not to please God. They were praying out of not a spiritual place, but out of a fleshly place. So when we pray and ask God for things, we, we have to say, God, not my will, but your will, God, and I pray ultimately they're going to work this thing. I, I want to be in alignment with what you have, right? Like we talked about earlier, because the, the, the right thing at the wrong time can, can hinder us at times, right? We have to ask in alignment. So here's what I ask myself whenever, how do we align ourselves, right? How do we align ourselves when it comes to what we ask? Here's what I believe we do. We ask ourselves, why are we asking God for that specific thing? We ask ourselves, why am I asking God for this specific thing? For example, because we ask God for things at times, right? It's like, God, I want a big platform. But have you ever stopped to think to yourself, 
Why do I want a big platform? God, I want a lot of money. Why? God, I want to be just an influential, great kingdom leader. I don't know. He talks like that. And God's like, why? God, I just want to have great favor and influence and just I want to be a major leader. And God's like, you know, we need to ask yourself, why do you want those things? Why are we asking God for certain things? Are we asking God for certain things because of what the Spirit is stirring up on the inside of us? Are we asking God for those things to gratify our flesh? Are we asking God for a big platform just to stroke our ego? Are we asking God for wealth just so that way we can be a blessing to ourselves? Or do we want to do something for the kingdom of God? See, 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 sometimes the reason we don't get what we ask for is because God knows the reason that we are asking for it. We need to learn how to ask in alignment. Here, how do you ask in alignment? Here's what I believe. I believe one of the most important things that you should ever ask God for in your life is this, wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. I believe that wisdom will help you make the right decisions, go the right direction, and ask God for the right things. Think about Solomon, right? Think about this. You know, we were talking about asking God, but, but what if God asked you, what do you want? Anything you want, I got you, homie. I got you. It happened in the Old Testament with Solomon, right? God, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, Solomon, whatever you ask for, whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon, he doesn't ask for lots of money. He doesn't ask for fame. He doesn't ask for a long life. You know what he asked for? He asked God for wisdom. And God was so pleased. He said, not only am I going to bless you, make you the, one of the wisest, if not the wisest man who ever walked this earth. He wrote the book of Proverbs, y'all. Many books that people write, motivational books and principles and wisdom, a lot of those things come out of the book of Proverbs. A lot of things of this world come from the Bible because the Bible is just that amazing. It's God-inspired. It's incredible. There's no other book like the Bible. He wrote that, and God's like, you know what? Not only am I going to bless you, make you one of the wisest men who ever lived, but I'm going to bless you. You're going to be one of the richest men who ever lived. You're going to be, I'm telling you what, I'm going to do, why? Because you asked for what, I'm telling you, if there's one thing that we should ever ask God for, it's wisdom. Here, I want to read this to you, what James says in James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, if you need wisdom, somebody turn person next to you and say, you need it. <laughs> we need it. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. You want to know a prayer that God will always answer in your life? God, I ask for wisdom. I ask for direction. I ask for you to put the desires of God in my heart to make me make the right decisions. God, I ask because I want to be in alignment. I don't want to just pray out of, out of a fleshly, uh, selfish, uh, self-centered place. No, God, I want to pray from the Spirit. I want to pray whatever the Spirit of God is speaking to me and telling me. That's why we pray in, in tongues at times, right? Because even when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit of God, our Spirit knows what to pray on our behalf. I can't tell you how many times, and if you only knew what some of you were praying, 
praying whenever you prayed in a heavenly language. If you only knew what blessings, blessings were coming into your life when you prayed in a heavenly tongue. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Because praying in tongues helps edify you and build you. What I'm trying to say tonight is this. We need to make sure that we don't ask out of selfish ambition, but we ask in alignment with whatever God has ahead of us in our lives. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Second thing, Lord, I'm, I hope I'm making this clear for somebody. Is anybody, it's making sense to somebody, I hope so. I'm trying to help you. We found it from scripture, James chapter 4, right? Whenever they did ask, they asked out of the wrong motivation. Second thing is this, we need to ask at certain times in authority. We need to ask in authority. Let me explain what I mean. There are certain things in your life that you need to ask God for knowing that you have authority in Christ. And that because of the name and the blood of Jesus, you have been given authority from heaven. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I came to tell you today, because of what Jesus Christ has done, the Bible says that we can boldly approach the throne of grace and ask God for forgiveness, ask God for mercy, knowing that we're not orphans, we're not foreigners, we have been adopted, we've been brought into the family of God, that we are children of the most high God. Come on. Mm. See, some of us, I believe, that the reason I put this point in here is this, because I believe that some of us are too shy to ask God for certain things because we feel like we're unworthy. We feel just unworthy and we don't ask God for certain things, and therefore we forfeit the promises of God in our life, forgetting that the Bible says that you have been hidden, your life is hidden in Jesus Christ. It's no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. Whenever I go to the Father, whenever I pray, I don't go in my name, I go in Jesus' name. My name carries no power, weight, or authority. My name does not scare hell. My name does not scare demons. My name will not bring things into my life. I don't care what people may say whenever it comes to the law of attraction or different things that may be worldly. Can I tell you something right now? That you as a child of God, I feel the anointing, that you have been given authority and that you're not like anybody else. That you're not just like any other person. You're not an orphan. You're not alone but God has shed oh come on Jesus has shed his blood for you and because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross over 2,000 years ago he who knew no sin became sin so that way you can become the righteousness of God and the Bible says that the prayers of a righteous man eveleth much come on can we go ahead and give God praise if you know that you're a child that you are a chosen generation you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation Oh, come on, sit down, sit down, sit down. John chapter 14, verse 13 through 14 says this, and this is Jesus talking. He says, you can ask for anything in my, in my, whose name? Bobby? Caleb? Your name? Whose name? There we go. And I will do it. I don't know why I did that, but anyways. 
not according to plan. We're just being spirit-led tonight, you know. And it says this, but get this. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. To bring glory to God. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So get this. The power and the influence and the authority is not found in your name when you talk to God and ask God for things. It's in the name of Jesus. The name above every other name. Jesus said, it's in my name that you will cast out demons. In my name you shall speak in new tongues. It's in my name that you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. Who knows that whenever you say the name of Jesus, your situation begins to change. Demons begin to run away when you say the name of Jesus. And it's not so that way you can get the glory out of it. It's so that way God can get the glory out of it. His name can get the glory out of it. One day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The name of Jesus carries weight. Sometimes all you have to say is the name of Jesus. Whenever you feel discouraged, when you feel depression, when you feel anxiety, sometimes you don't have the words to say, but if you just whisper the name of Jesus and you say, Jesus, you reign supreme. Jesus, you conquer death, the hell, the grave. Jesus in Jesus' name. Come on, we can't take the name of Jesus lightly. There is power in that name. You have been given authority. It's in his name. The name of Jesus is a king. Jesus is a king of a kingdom. In any kingdom, the king's name carries weight. In ancient times, whenever decrees were written, whenever laws were given, they would write these letters and they'd put them on posts within different towns and cities underneath the, the reign of that king. And that letter, those words carried no weight unless the king wrote his name and stamp on it. Can I tell you something this Wednesday evening that you serve a king that you serve a name above every other name. You serve a name above every other devil. You serve a name above every other sickness. You serve, a, you serve a name above every other name, and his name is Jesus. Can somebody say Jesus? Can somebody say in Jesus' name? Oh, don't be shy, church. Don't feel like you're unworthy. Don't feel like your history has to define you. Don't, act, don't I'm telling you what, your past does not define you. Your past defines refines you. I love what Brooklyn says. She says, your past is not a point of residence. It's a point of reference. Some of us, we're saying to ourselves, oh, man, I'm just unworthy. I'm not good enough to talk to God and believe God for these certain things. That is a lie from the devil. Mm. Thirdly, when it comes to the art of asking, I believe that we are called to ask in agreement. Haley, you can come up. Ask in agreement. You know, all throughout Scripture, you'll find it again and again. A reoccurring theme is that um, the Bible talks about the power of unity, right? The Bible says, you know, one will put 1,000 to flight, but, like, it's two can put 10,000 to flight. I, I love what it says right here in Matthew chapter 18, the words of Jesus. He says this, I also tell you this, 
If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather in my name as my followers, I am there among them. I like to say it like this. We amplify, we amplify the power of our prayer when we pray together. I'm going to say that one more time. We amplify the power of our prayer as a church, as a family, as a body of believers when we come together and we pray. And that's why we pray every service. That's why we have needs and names. When we stretch out our hands, we stretch out our faith, and we say, God, we pray over every person. Why? Because there's a special anointing, I believe. Whenever the body of Christ comes together, we pray. Think about it even in the New Testament. It was Peter, right? Peter was imprisoned. And it says the church came together and prayed. They were in a room. They were just, they were praying for Peter. He was in prison. An angel got sent, right? He got released. And the prayer that they were asking God for, the church, came knocking on their door. I think it says that they closed the door because they thought it was like a ghost. It wasn't Peter, right? It was Peter. Okay. Yes, I was like 99% sure, but I had asked Pastor Bobby, right? I don't want to get it wrong. I've got names mixed up from scripture before up here, right? But it was Peter. Why? Because the church decided to pray together. Couples, husband, wives, when is the last time that you prayed together? When's the last time that you took time just to be like, let's shut the door. The kids are in bed. Let's not watch TV tonight. Let's pray. Let's linger in his presence. Let's ask God to do his will in our life. Parents, you want to know one of the best practices that you could ever have as a family? It's this. Whenever there's a need or issue or something arises, you pull the family together. You get everybody in the living room, you get everybody in the bedroom, and you ask God to make a way. You ask God to supply the need. You say, God, this is what's going on. We pray that you would move, and here's what will happen. It's happened many times in our family. And that way when God comes in, when God intervenes, the only person who will get the glory out of it is God himself. And the children, will be. we begin to see the hands of God and the provision of God work in your family. Somebody say there is power in agreement. There is power in agreement when you pray together. We amplify the power of our prayer when we pray together. Come on, stand to your feet. Did you get something out of tonight? I pray so. I hope so. Now, I, I don't want us to do what we normally do when it comes to having a closing thought or closing point or closing slide. I really felt led that we need to put these things into practice right now. You can come on up. You're good. We need to put these things in practice. Right? Ask in alignment. Ask in authority. And ask in agreement. If I had, a, I had a fourth thing on there, I don't know if there's a, like a word that starts with letter A that can represent this, but I would say like ask in persistence. Right? Jesus tells a parable of, of a widow, right, that's seeking justice. And you can read it later. And she comes time and time again to this un, ungodly judge's house. She says, I want justice. I want justice for what's going on. The Bible doesn't say what, what was going on, but it says that, that that judge, the unrighteous judge, was so fed up with it. He said, you know what? I don't even like you, 
but I'm going to give you justice. Why? Because she was persistent. Because persistence many times will beat resistance. And Jesus said, if that unrighteous judge blessed her, how much more, oh, come on, will your heavenly Father bless you? See, I believe that there's certain things that we've given up on so quickly. We pray one prayer. We say it one time. And you know God deposited in your heart, and God's asking us to come in persistence. That's not in my notes or anything, but I felt you need to say that. But what I want us to do right now, I want us to put this into practice. Husband, wives, feel free to lock hands. Family, lock hands. Maybe you don't have anybody else with you right now. We're going to pray, and you're together right now with your church family. If you're watching online right now, we want you to participate in this. And I believe that there are certain things in your life that are about to be unlocked, that the windows of heaven are about to just be poured out. You've sown seeds. The ground is still, there's different things going on, and there's some things that we don't have because we don't ask. And sometimes... The reason we don't get those things is because we ask with the wrong motivation. We need to ask ourselves why. Why? And you, maybe you've asked out of shyness. You haven't asked with the authority that God's given you. Maybe you've never, never even asked in agreement. Whatever it is right now, I'm going to pray. And we're going to pray with the boldness. And we're going to pray believing that God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I believe that God's going to be answering prayers tonight. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. And you don't have to repeat what I'm saying. You don't have to say what I'm saying. You can just block me out if you want. Right now in this moment, this is a time with you, Jesus, your family, wherever you may be. Let's go ahead and ask God. Let's not ask God for little things. Maybe there is a little thing. Let's ask God for it because God is not too big for little things and he's not too little for big things. Your God can handle it. Let's pray right now in Jesus' mighty name. We pray over every situation, over every individual right now in Jesus' name. Whatever the need is right now, we ask for divine wisdom. Wisdom not from man, but wisdom from heaven. We thank you, Lord, right now, Jesus, for meeting every need, God, that you shall meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, that we, when, when we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, everything else shall be added unto us. So right now we ask for healing we ask for deliverance we ask for breakthrough we ask for salvation we ask for provision we ask right now in jesus name for that loved one that is far away for that son or that daughter that is further away from you that they would feel your love right now we pray right now god over every person in their career their jobs their workplace we ask for favor god let us go there god knowing, God, that we are representatives, that we are ambassadors right now in Jesus' name. Open up the windows of heaven. Come on, ask him. Ask him. We ask in alignment, not your will, not, not our will, God, but let your will be done in our lives, God. Let it be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. We ask in authority. We ask in the name of Jesus. We speak against every devil. We speak against every attack. We speak against every curse. We speak, oh, come on, somebody, I feel the anointing. We speak against everything. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We ask in agreement. We believe that you are doing it. We believe that you've done it. We believe that you will finish what you started. We give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, your worship is your weapon. Your worship is your weapon. Worship him. Come on, let's sing it out. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, let's worship. Sing it out. Sing it out. Spirit. Pray in the spirit. Breaking out, I have the 
Jesus Christ into your heart. You haven't taken that first step. You feel depression. You feel shame. The enemy's telling you, just give up. Don't follow after God. You're imperfect. You're not going to make it. Can I tell you something? When the devil reminds you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Devil, you are a liar. Right now in this moment, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're in this building right now, I want to give you an invitation to repent of your sins, believe in Jesus Christ as Lord, as that he died and that he rose. He loves you so much. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Right now in this moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. I believe that God did so many amazing things. I, I'm, I'm believing for good report after good report. I, I'm believing for God to do so many amazing things in your life. I'm believing God. Mm. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, maybe you prayed this before. Pray it like it's your first time. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent. I turn away from my wicked ways. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose. I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.